Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy, and thanks for joining us today, January 20th, on No Greater Delight, our podcast on Marian Feast and Marian Meditations. Well, today I want to start off actually with a couple feasts that don't have a fixed day, right? But generally they're celebrated the third Sunday after the Epiphany, okay? So one of these feasts is Our Lady of Bethlehem, who happens to be the patroness of Spanish architects. Now, in 1459, Pope Pius II founded the Knights of Our Lady of Bethlehem, one of these many Catholic military orders. Their mission was to defend the island of Lemos, but it was quickly conquered by the Muslims and the order was wiped out. So this, uh, they didn't uh, survive very long, but that's okay. It remains a popular Marian title, nonetheless, right? Our Lady of Bethlehem. Uh, in fact, I'm told that Filipino girls born on this day are oftentimes or sometimes named Belen. And also, it's uh, celebrated in Guatemala, since St. Pedro de San José de Betancourt, uh, Guatemala for saint, gave the name Nuestra Señora de Belen, Our Lady of Be- Bethlehem, to the hospital he built, and also found it in oratory, the House of Our Lady of Bethlehem, which became the Bethlehemite religious order, right? And it says here too, interestingly enough, in England, the Hospital of Our Lady of Bethlehem was an institute for the mentally unstable, or the insane, as uh, this website calls it. The word Bedlam is a derivative of this name. Here you go, so Bedlam from Our Lady of Bethlehem. On a slightly happier note, though, uh, the third Sunday after the Epiphany is also Nossa Senhora, Our Lady of the Exile, in Portugal, but also the Benedictine Abbey in Trinidad and Tobago. So, what are the, same, the, the feasts that are fixed today on January 20th? Well, without further ado, let's start. And probably because of, like we said, this Our Lady of Bethlehem, they celebrate Mamacha Belen in Cusco, Peru, and also San Pablo Canchis in Cusco, Peru, both of them in Cusco, Peru, uh, and that's their patronal feast. Anyways, today they also celebrate Notre Dame des Tables in Montpellier, France, um, the arms of the city of Montpellier. It's a historic church built in 1230, right? It says that the arms of, of the city are the Blessed Virgin holding out her divine son, right? They also celebrate Nuestra Señora del Rocío in Biblian, Cañar, Ecuador. Okay, so Our Lady of the Dew. In the early 1890s, when southern Ecuador suffered a three-year drought and famine, the town of Biblian asked the parish priest, Daniel Muñoz, to hold an intercessory procession to Our Lady through the streets. However, Father Muñoz did not do that. He took the procession to a location he had seen in a dream. And in the company of the faithful, he climbed a thousand feet up Zalolao Hill with a small image of Our Lady and Child. It was the work of French sculptures, and he placed it in a mountain, mountain grotto at 6 a.m. on Saturday, January 20th, 1894, with prayers for rain. The miracle occurred, and the next dawn found the fields around Biblian covered with dew. From then on, rains, flowers, and fruits abounded, and the thankful people called the Virgin Our Lady of the Dew. An impressive sanctuary has been built on the site, and during the centennial celebration, January 20th, 1994, the statue was canonically crowned. Uh, There's also two related events. Um, Today, they recall the apparition of Mary Immaculate to Alphonsus Ratisbona, which caused his conversion. Now, Ratisbona was um, Jewish and uh, very much against the church and Catholicism. 
Um, however, in order to please a friend, he agreed to put on himself the, the, the miraculous medal, right? It was on the morning of January 20th, 1842, that he had gone to the church of Sant'Andrea dei Frati for a funeral, and it was there that Our Lady appeared to him, and he converted. He would become a priest and a Jesuit, and he was uh, God's instrument for the conversion of many Jewish people to the faith. For that same reason, today uh, they also recall in Notre Dame de Sion in Paris, France, it's a religious order which honors the date of Our Lady's converting apparition to Alphonse Ratisbona in 1842, and they recall that as their day of foundation, right? We also have a number of other uh, memorials and things to celebrate. Madonna delle Grazie in Corte Maggiore, Piacenza, Emilia Romana. The church was consecrated there in 1499. We also celebrate Madonna del Sangue in Bagno di Romagna, Forlì, Cesena in Emilia Romana. This uh, image, this woodcut image, bled in 1498. We also celebrate La Virgen de Chiquinquera in Caras, Ancash, Peru. And lastly, the Santissima Virgen Purísima, the most holy and most pure virgin, in Pampas, Tajacaja, in Juan Cavaleca, in Peru. So, those are the many celebrations that we celebrate today, January 20th. Today, we'll continue with our meditations on Mary, our mother, taken from the writings of St. John Henry Newman. If you recall, this section is on Mary's sanctity, her holiness. And today we'll read the last section, entitled Co-Redemptrix. It's the last section. It comes to us from uh, St. John Henry Newman's letter to Dr. Pousset. And let's hear what he has to say about Mary Co-Redemptrix, which means the the Co-Redeemer. He says, I shall dwell for a while upon two inferences, which which it is obvious to draw from the rudimentary doctrine itself. The first relates to the sanctity of the Blessed Virgin the second to her dignity, her sanctity. She holds, as the fathers tell us, that office in our restoration which Eve held in our fall. Now, in the first place, what were Eve's endowments to enable her to enter upon her trial? She could not have stood against the wiles of the devil, though she was innocent and sinless, without the grant of a large grace. And this she had, a heavenly gift, which was over and above and additional to that nature of hers which he had received from Adam, a gift which, he had been given, which had been given to Adam also before her, at the very time, as it is commonly held, of his original formation. This is Anglican doctrine as well as Catholic. It is the doctrine of Bishop Bull. He has written a dissertation on the point. He speaks of the doctrine which many of the schoolmen affirm, that Adam was created in grace, that is, received the principle of grace and divine life from his very creation or in the moment of the infusion of his soul, of which, he says, for my own part, I have little doubt. Again, he says, it is abundantly manifest from the many testimonies alleged that the ancient doctors of the church did, with a general consent, acknowledge that our first parents in the state of integrity had in them something more than nature. That is, they were endowed with the divine principle of the spirit in order to a supernatural felicity. Now, taking this for granted, because I know that some maintain it as well as we do, I ask, have you any intention to deny that Mary was as fully endowed as Eve? Is there any violent inference that she, who was to cooperate in the redemption of the world, at least was not less endowed with the power from on high, 
Then she who, given as a helpmate to her husband, did in the event but cooperate with him for his ruin? If Eve was raised above human nature by that indwelling moral gift which we call grace, is it rash to say that Mary had even a greater grace? And this consideration gives significance to the angel's salutation of her as full of grace, an interpretation of the original word which is undoubtedly the right one. As soon as we resist the common Protestant assumption that grace is a mere external approbation or acceptance, answering to the word favor, whereas it is, as the fathers teach, a real inward condition or superadded quality of the soul. And if Eid had this supernatural inward gift given her from the first moment of her personal existence, is it possible to deny that Mary, too, had this gift from the very first moment of her personal existence? I do not know how to resist this inference. Well, this is simply and literally the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception. I say the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception is in its substance this, and nothing more or less than this, putting aside the question of the degrees of grace. And it really does seem to me, bound up in the doctrine of the Fathers, that Mary is the second Eve.